travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia. I'm your host, Trevor Ranges, here with my co-host, Scott Coates. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing great, Trevor. I am in rainy Kuala Lumpur. Happy to be hooking up with you, who is in super smoking hot Bangkok, I assume. Yep. Actually, tomorrow is going to be perhaps the hottest day of the year when the sun is directly over Bangkok. I'm glad I'm not there. Yeah. So actually, this might be a good topic to talk about because everybody's out in the heat. Maybe they let their guards down a little bit. And today our topic is going to be Bangkok scams, hustles and tourist traps. Sounds juicy. Yeah, this should be a good one. So Bangkok's a legendary city. It's really exotic. It's very exciting. And many tourists come here and they're excited to, to do and see all of these really cool things. The only problem is that it's also full of scams and hustles and people trying to take uh, advantage of tourists that might not know any better about what's going on here. Yeah, you know, and, and I just want to preface this with as well that a lot of famous cities in the world have their share of scams. It's... I... I it's not fair to think that Bangkok has any more than anywhere else. I had a Thai artist friend and he went with a group of Thai artists years ago. They went to Amsterdam and Paris and two of them were pickpocketed and he came back and he's like, Oh, I thought Europe was so safe and I can't believe this happened. And you realize that, you know what? It's probably, there's not any more scams over in this part of the world than there is there, but definitely Bangkok has some unique ones. And I think part of, what makes it unique is that Thais are so smiley and so friendly. So they give off this kind of feeling to you that they're only super nice, genuine people when, in fact, just like anywhere in the world, there are people who are kind of, you know, out, out to have a little go while you're there. Yeah. And, you know, Bangkok is one of the safest big cities in the world. One of the, the best things I like about this city is, is how safe it is and how friendly people are. So it is kind of interesting that, uh, you know, they come to you with a smiling face and, and all they're trying to do is make an extra buck or two. You know, people in Thailand don't necessarily make a lot of money. And so to some degree, you can't fault uh, some of these guys for, for trying to make a little bit of extra money off of uh, the naivete of visitors. Yeah, you know, you've hit the nail on the head is I mean, bad things can happen everywhere. But generally, the only thing that's going to happen to you is maybe you pay five or $10 more for something than you should have. So at the end of the day, it's not like the things that are happening, you're not getting assaulted or attacked, or there's not a lot of, uh, you know, outright theft. But one thing that people should always be cautious of, and I'm always amazed how many people go for this is, Basically, if there is a taxi sitting out in front of a hotel or sitting out in front of a major restaurant or attraction, basically, if the taxi is at a standstill and the driver standing outside his taxi, you can be a thousand percent sure that that guy is not going to go by the meter. He's going to overcharge you and he's probably going to try and take you to some places that you don't even want to go. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I tell people, and I've written about it before, that one of my rule number ones is that you should never get into a parked taxi in general. Like, taxis that are parked and waiting for, for people are usually waiting to take someone for the proverbial ride, you know? I think it's better in general that you flag down a taxi as it's driving around with its red light that says Wong or, or empty in the window. Um, because they're, those guys are less likely to, to take you to a, a gem shop or a tailor shop where you're going to get ripped off and the driver's going to get a commission. Yeah, I mean, the quick thing is that real taxi drivers want to work and be working. And to be working, they're driving. They're not sitting around at a standstill just waiting. And if they're ever waiting, that just means that they're waiting basically till they get a sucker on the line. A nice thing to do, actually, if you ever feel uncomfortable too with a taxi, is is take a photo of the license plate and even, you know, without being intimidating, let them know or let them see that you've taken a photo because then it could always kind of make someone think like, oh, okay, they've they've got a bit of details on me. So that's a handy thing with a smartphone. But yeah, if that taxi's not a moving, don't jump in unless you want to just go on some random adventure and spend an extra 10 bucks, which, hey, that might be fun too. Well, I mean, yeah, that that's part of the problem and maybe it's because they usually don't rip you off for too much money. And no. as Westerners, like it doesn't seem like a lot of money to us. So by, by playing into that system, you're almost propagating it. You know, I think that the bigger danger is when they take you to one of these gem shops or to a tailor where you're going to be ridiculously overcharged. And uh, lots of times it's really intelligent people. You know, I've had friends who visited that I respect for their intelligence and yet they still end up, even though I warned them getting in a park taxi and going to a tailor and they wanted to buy a suit anyway. And then, they ended up getting charged like double or triple and that could be hundreds of dollars yeah yeah and you know any not just taxi drivers but basically anyone who's overtly friendly ties are friendly but i always think anytime when i travel if people come up to you that you didn't somehow initiate a conversation or they just appeared out of nowhere and are offering to be super helpful then generally they're not actually looking out for your best interests and so in the idea of looking out for your best interests, trevor i know that you have some experience as do i not to say i haven't done it but in infamous pat pong going to maybe see some shows let's just call them that and that there's some little scams that can happen there what are they well, you know, that's kind of interesting, too, because Pat Pong is, is one of the infamous Bangkok red light districts. And yeah. uh, I, I have a friend who's currently visiting and and she, as well as many other visitors, like they want to go see a ping pong show. They want to see one of these famous Bangkok sex shows, quote unquote, you know. Right. And uh, Pat Pong is kind of the, the legendary place for doing that. Uh, the only problem nowadays is that uh, most of these Pat Pong bars where you could see one of these ping pong shows, uh, they really seriously rip you off. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah, I've heard of all kinds of stuff. I know that uh, a good rule of thumb there is to stay on a ground floor. Uh, in fact, a lot of these shows that went on, I know the first five, six years I lived in Thailand, it was easy to see a ping pong show and all kinds of other things that maybe you actually don't want to see it. It's tough to wipe that image off of your brain after. But um, these days, I know if you get led to like a second or third floor bar, that that's kind of a danger sign, is it not? Yeah, I mean, for sure. And like you said, yeah, the shows aren't as common anymore. And, and probably that's a good thing, right? You know, but mm. but the, the problem is that if you go up to one of these second or third floor bars, you don't know what you're going to be charged. Like if I knew it was, let's say, $20 to see a show, that's fine. The yeah. only problem is you don't know what it's going to be when you're getting into it. Like maybe they're going to charge you, you know, $25 a beer, or maybe they're going to charge you $30 a person. The problem is that you get the bill and they won't let you leave until you pay it. And uh, sometimes that can create some uncomfortable situations. 
Yeah, I've had a few uh, customers from my travel company. And, you know, despite the fact that we give them a book before their trip outlining what can happen, they've ended up in this situation. Really friendly guy, again, outside of tout, takes you to see a sex show. You're on the second, third floor. You get handed a cold towel when you sit down. Ooh, that feels great. You have some drinks and you get the bill and the cold towel is like 500 baht or about $17 and the beer, you know, double what you should pay at any other bar. And literally some heavies kind of stand by the bar or by the door. And yeah, if you don't pay that, you're not getting out, right? Have you heard of similar things? Yeah, it's funny you brought up the, the cold towel scam because, yeah, certainly that is something that they would pull at a top floor pet pong bar and charge you ridiculously too much for. But I found that the cold towel scam, if we want to call it that, actually occurs at some restaurants as well. And, oh, really? And sometimes they'll, yeah, they'll hand you like uh, five or six cold towels for your group and, and then they'll charge you maybe like 20 baht, like a dollar a piece. But it's just an easy way to nickel and dime you, you know, or, or just to keep refilling your water and charging you 60 baht, like $2 per bottle of water. Um, yeah, the cold towels, you kind of have to watch out for, you know, they're really great and they're refreshing. You can pick them up at 7-Eleven for, yeah. for super cheap, you know, they're, they're great things. But in some of these bars and restaurants, the cold towels are not necessarily free. Yeah. One of my favorite ones, uh, I first embarked upon this ooh, probably about 10 years ago with a former guest on this show, Greg Jorgensen, is when you get to Ratonakosin Island, or that's the area of old Bangkok, where Wat Po, the Grand Palace, all the first city was first established. And near one of the uh, canal boats on around the Panfa area, tuk-tuk drivers hang out. And it happens in other areas of the city, but basically... You go up to them and you're like, oh, we want to go to Wat Po or we want to go to the Grand Palace. And they'll tell you, oh, no, today's a Buddha day. It's closed. Basically, the Grand Palace and these major temples, they're only closed a few times a year, usually for royal type ceremonies. And what they do is they tell you, oh, it's closed. But you know what? Let me take you on a 20 baht tuk-tuk tour. This is the classic. I mean, it it it. it it kind of blows me away again that people go for it because you do get what you pay for. So to think someone's going to drive you around for 70 cents and give you this great tour is, is preposterous. And they literally take you on a ride. And what they do, you touched on it earlier, is they'll take you, they'll be like, ooh, do you mind uh, if we just go by my friend's tailor shop? You don't have to buy anything. I get a gas voucher. So you're like, yeah, okay, you know, don't want to be a dick, want to be nice. You go in and there's some pressure put on you to probably buy what would be a horrible suit. And then, so we did this. We actually showed up to an area of the city wearing Hawaiian shirts, camera around our neck, and we got taken to a tailor shop. Then it was like, oh, could you go to this gem shop and help me get a, a fuel voucher? Yeah, yeah, we went there. We didn't buy anything. We then went to another temple and it was really elaborate. We walked in and there was a guy that looked totally like a gangster he was quite gruff and asked us where we were going, chit-chatting, asked us if we'd heard about uh, the gem special that day. And then this French guy comes running in all out of breath and he tells the guy, he's like, yeah, 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 I got the stuff. And they basically both proceed to tell us about how today only is the last day of this great gem promotion. And, and our day went on from there. And we, you know, we were literally along from the ride. But the gem scam part of this, it can, can really deceive a lot of people, right, Trevor? I know that you've known people to fall for it. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too. And, and this kind of goes along with the don't get in a park taxi. Any Anytime you're in any tourist area, if there's a tuk-tuk driver or a taxi just parked and hanging out and eager to try and engage with you, um, you should be careful. But, uh, yeah, it's funny how these Buddhist days when Wat Po and the Grand Palace are closed always coincides with the special gem sale day. Yeah, they go hand in hand. 
Yeah, it's kind of funny like that. Um, right, yeah, so people who otherwise you would consider intelligent are like, ooh, a free tuk-tuk ride, you know? And then they end up uh, buying something that's overpriced that they should know better. And I think they just get kind of, they feel guilty, you know, because these guys are, are good con men. They want to, oh, you know, my family, you know, yeah, I lost my job. That's why I'm driving a tuk-tuk. Some sob story to get you to, yeah. to spend money that you shouldn't. The, the time that Greg and I went out on this, it's they're super slick. And I've had a few customers from our travel business, very intelligent people, end up that night going, you know what, I think I got scammed. And you find out that they bought $6,000 worth of gems. And basically, when we went through that day, it's not like someone just walks up and pitches you on buying gems. Step by step, each temple, like the first temple we went to, we heard a Thai guy telling somebody about a temple, but also mentioning that it was a special gem day not to us but to other people and you keep hearing it as you go around so by the time you get to the gem shop you've already heard about this thing you know in four or five places so it's not a new idea they ask you where you're from and they'll open a book right away and say oh here's a jewelry shop and you'll know it it's a major one in your town and they say look these gems they're they're tax-free take them home take them to this place this store and you can double triple your money and it's amazing the number of people that do it and i'm always mystified i'm like do you deal in gems at home or no, 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 no idea about them. And I'm like, wow, like how did, how did you fall for this? But you know, that's how it happens. And, and I mean, there's no end to these scams. I know that on the other side of the spectrum with just having fun late at night, um, you brought up this one of, of bars and getting taken to bars and whatnot. Yeah, and I think this is a this is maybe a, a slightly innocent version of the Wap pose closed. Let's go to the gem shop. But late at night, if you get into taxis, let's say after midnight, after the Sky Train's closed, and you right. want to go somewhere, uh, all these taxi drivers want to take you to these nightclubs that are open twenty four hours, and they're usually called Boss or Bossy or Spice or Spicy or some mm -hmm. variation of that. And uh, the drivers make money; they get a commission for taking you there. So lots of times, you'll flag down a cab, and and that's the place they want to take you. And and if you don't want to go there, then they're not going to take you. So right. lots of times you can be like, oh, well, let's go and check it out. And you know, some of the bars are actually kind of fun. And if it's your first time in Bangkok, what the hell? It's not like a, a big problem. You're not really getting conned, but you just have to watch out and realize that these guys are getting a commission to take you to these all night nightclubs. Yeah. And usually at, at that time of night, you're, you're in a state of mind where you're not necessarily making the clearest and most informed decisions and just looking for a place that's going to offer you some booze and someone to dance with and whatnot anyway. So I've actually gone uh, to boss one night. I remember it just being a, a dark, dirty room, absolutely packed with hot, sweaty people. But you know what? the end of the day, it, it did fulfill what uh, I was trying to accomplish that particular night. So uh, yeah, it's, you're not, you're just getting taken, maybe not to the best place in town. Yeah, and it's not too bad. And here's another one we want to talk about. You were telling me about some sort of birdseed scam. And, and that sounds like how, how hard, and, you know, that doesn't sound like too bad of a scam. But let, let's hear about that. Yeah, I've never actually experienced this myself. But I know a couple people who have and I've read about it online. And I was actually quite quite impressed when I heard about it because I'm like, oh man, you got to hand it to people for coming up with neat ideas. So again, in Ratanakosin Island on Ratchadamnun, Ratchadamnun is kind of the royal thoroughfare uh, in the old city of Bangkok. There's monuments along it. So you're walking down it. It's it's beautiful. It's neat. It's exotic. And, and you see a guy feeding pigeons along the sidewalk seeds or whatever they have. And, and he kind of, as you're coming up, he offers you some like, oh, hey, you feed him. So hey, why not? It kind of looks neat, right? feed the pigeons so you go and you toss the pigeon some food and all of a sudden he's like okay that's 500 baht 
you know, 17 bucks or something like that, but an outrageous amount. And you're like, whoa, hang on. I didn't say I'd buy anything. And all of a sudden he has like eight friends that just happened to turn up and you're kind of standing being surrounded by, you know, a whole bunch of people in a very public area. And again, in a strange land that you don't know. And you got to at some point to think, how much is my personal safety worth? Like it's probably worth coughing up the 500 baht or $17, but it's just an incredibly kind of unique one to me that again, in some ways I kind of admire the creativity of some of these people. Yeah. And you brought up a good point there about how, uh, you know, if you get involved in one of these scams or if you get involved in someone trying to hustle you, uh, don't get mad, you know, just smile, say, no, thank you. Don't try to antagonize them. If you've already been con, let's say you're up in that pad pong bar, you've already mm -hmm. fed the pigeons. Um, you might have to do a little bit of, uh, haggling to try and bring the price down a little bit, but just realize, you know what? Um, it's not worth violence. Uh, if, if you ever do get into some sort of altercation with Thai people, um, you know, if the police get involved, it, it's not automatically going to be good for you in that circumstance either. So just, you know, try to keep a smiley face. Don't lose your cool. Realize you got burned, um, and, and try to walk away as best you can. Yeah, it's really important to remember in Bangkok that Thais by nature are not confrontational people. Uh, it's not in their nature to raise their voice. Uh, it's not in their nature to pressure you or to get angry. And any of the kind of people we've just talked about, they will get angry, they will raise their voice, they will look angry at you. And so if that ever happens, you know you're in the middle of a scam. But like you said, you know, stay calm. Um, and, and just keep smiling and be calmer than they are. Like kind of out-tie the ties is an expression I've heard. And they are calm, they're smiley people, so do it back to them. And just always ask yourself, like, yeah, it sucks to, to feel that you've been ripped off, but if paying $20 means that you walk out of somewhere without potentially getting a fight or getting punched or, or who knows what, take the 20 bucks. Like at least it'll be a neat story when you get home. It's absolutely not worth risking anything about your safety for like what is generally 10 or $20, right? Sure. Yeah. I think it's not worth it. Just laugh it off, you know, try and keep a good nature. Don't accuse anybody of doing anything in particular, I think. And, and you know what, if you just use some common sense, uh, you'll probably be okay. This doesn't happen to everybody. It just happens to the people who uh, let their guard down a little bit and usually only in Bangkok and usually only in the really touristy areas. Yeah. And a thing people should do before they leave and surprisingly, not a lot of people do is I said when I was part owner of a high-end tour company we gave people literature before their trip that had tips and warnings but it's before you travel you know uh, read your your travel book but even go on online forums to see what the latest things happening like type in scams Florence or scams Bangkok and just read up on them so at least you're aware of them and then actually something I've enjoyed doing sometimes is going to a place and trying to see them go down right then you're like ooh, you're on the lookout for it and uh, you know just read up and, and and get get up to speed on, on what you should be be looking out for. So, um, you know, overall, I think Bangkok's one of the world's most fun, exciting, exotic, best places to be. And luckily, we're not talking about violent crime here, but just a little common sense preparation can certainly help you avoid them. Anything you want to add to this, Trevor, before you take us out? I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, just again, Thailand's a fun place. You should have a fun time. Um, in all likelihood, you're going to be fine. Don't overreact. You know, you're telling people to like read online posts and stuff, but that ends up people like afraid to drink the water here or afraid to, yeah. to eat the street food. So yeah. don't be overly paranoid. Just, you know, use some common sense. You'll be okay. Yeah.
That's all it takes. Well, thank you for joining us on another edition of Talk Travel Asia. It's uh, a ton of fun to do this. Nice to know you're listening. Hopefully you enjoy it. Join us in another two weeks when we'll be back with another episode. So until then, this is Scott Coates saying so long. And this is Trevor Ranges thanking you for joining us as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and Cambodia?